Christmas, everyone. Man, I mean, again, we enjoy this season, don't we? We love Jesus, so thankful for him. And if you got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me. We're going to just look at a few scriptures, and we're continuing our series on good gifts. Everybody say good gifts. And, uh, and again, isn't it, aren't you thankful that Jesus came and he brought good gifts with him? And I mean, we have an amazing father. For those that knew, do know who God is, he is a wonderful father. He is a wonderful Lord. And uh, for those of you that haven't met him yet, this is an opportunity for you today to get to know this Jesus that we are so in love with. He's changed our lives. Anybody had, had their lives changed by Jesus? Man, your life was one way, and all of a sudden you met Jesus, you encountered him. And what did it look like? Man, your life was entirely different because of this man named Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it again. What's his name? Jesus, and we love this man, Jesus, don't we? Man, he is everything to us. And so, again, we're so glad and thankful that you all came. If you're visiting here, if this is your first time, or if you've been here for a little while, you belong here. We're so glad and thrilled that you come to celebrate and join us this morning. Uh, so in Luke chapter 2, I want you to open your Bibles there. We're going to just continue on uh, talking about a few things. And last week we talked about hope, and we got to get our hopes up. Everybody say, get your hope up. And we talked about last week, and you know, this is what this world is looking for. A lot of times people have their head down, you know, looking around, they look depressed. And you know, as believers, as Christians, we have hope. And Jesus, his name is the hope of the world. Your eternal salvation is based on you just saying this name, Jesus. And the moment you said his name, Jesus, and you said, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be part of my life. I want you to take over my life. At that moment, the old man died and the brand new has come in. Now, I'm not talking about naturally speaking. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You were dead before Jesus. Then you welcomed Jesus into your life. And at that moment, you became born again. Right? That's what the Bible calls this. The Bible word, born again. And at that moment, you have become now a child of the Most High God. And so now our hope, by just calling on that name, your eternal destination is set is established. It's rock solid founded in his name, Jesus. Anybody believe on Jesus before? Woo! Ain't that the good thing? So what does that mean? Where are you going? I'm glad we're all excited about that. No, heaven. <laughs> no, it's, it's heaven. Yeah. The real deal, not heaven. It's, it's a good place. And we get to be forever with the Lord. And so that was last week. We talked about hope and we got to get our hopes up. And this morning we're going to talk about peace. And I want to talk about two different types of peace. There's a peace, the peace with God, and then there's the peace of God. And in order to have the peace of God, we need to have peace with God. So in Luke chapter 2, I want to just show you this first gift, one of the gifts that Jesus came to bring us. But in Luke 2, again, we read this last week very extensively, and it's about all of a sudden when Jesus was born, and uh, the angels appeared before these shepherds, and we're going to read it here in verse 13. And uh, what happened, these shepherds were just laying down, watching their sheep, and all of a sudden, an angel appeared before them and said, Hey, what's up, everybody? Good news! Great things are coming to all people everywhere. Good news right off the bat. Right? And then he goes on to say, I mean, he talked about there's a, there's a Savior that is born. His name is Christ the Lord. And you're going to find him by this. He'll be laying in a manger, cloth and sniggly cloths. He'll be warmed up and laying in a, in a manger. And right after that, as soon as the angel gave this report, it says all of a sudden, verse 13, then at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared. Now one's cool, but now you got a whole bunch of them showing up, right? The very armies of heaven, and they all praise God, singing, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is what? Come on, say it with me. There is what? There is peace. And good hope, other translations say, good will given to the sons of men. So what did he come to give you and I? He came to give us peace. 
Now God came and he brought peace with them. Now what's he saying at this report that there obviously was some distance between the earth and heaven, that there was some anger, there was some struggle going on between there, but God fixed that issue. I'm bringing peace down to you. What is it? It's just a peace offering. Here it is. No longer is heaven and earth at conflict with one another anymore. It's now I'm bringing my peace. I'm establishing peace with you. Oh, I'm so grateful for Jesus coming. Right at that very words that he gave. He is the God of peace and he released his peace over mankind at the birth of his son. God is no longer angry with, world, with the world. He's not. God is not an angry God. He is a happy God. Anybody ever think of God that way? You think of God as, do you see him happy? Do you see him a joyful God? Or do you see him angry and frustrated with what's going on in the world? Sure, there's things that anger him, absolutely. But at the, it, just think about, it, is God angry with people? No, he loves people. That's why for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. So right now, if you look around, well, everything, all the chaos and all the craziness that's going on in the world, yes, it hurts the heart of God, but you and I, we have a good news message. The gospel is God's not mad at you. He loves you. And it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, not the anger of God. It's the kindness of him. Right? I mean, you came in contact with the kindness of God. It changes the way that you think. It changes the way you now look at life. And even think about it. Are you easy to approach when you're angry? <laughs> Nobody, you know, I don't say angry long. But you think about it. How would a world want to approach a God that they think is already angry at them? That, that's not going to work. So our news, our good news that we have, just like what this angel proclaimed, we have good news for everyone. Peace has come. He's here. God had brought peace to us. So now God's no longer angry. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And that's the message that we have. And by just accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you now have peace with God. Think about that. In your own personal relationship, you now have peace with God. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, I have peace with Him. And you just know it on the inside, right? I, not only am I saved towards God, but I also got saved from God. I've, there's peace between us. We're good, Right? And I want to just look at, show this Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, just to lay a little quick foundation of where we came from. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, what were we? We were subject to something. What was it? God's anger, just like everyone else. We were all in the same boat. But notice this, verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though you were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So even though you were distant from him, even though you were separated from him because of your own actions, because of your own thinking, yet God, because he loved you still so much, he came and he closed the gap for us. What did he do? He brought peace to us again. And so now I'm going to show you this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. Again, I'm, I got the Passion Bible up here because it just brings it out in a way that maybe it's a little easier to understand. But it says, For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ, and by the blood of his cross, everything, somebody say everything. Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Back to its original intent, 
restored to innocence again. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about believers. The moment you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been brought back and restored to innocence yet again. Now, it's available to whosoever, right? Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be brought back to this innocence yet again. But here's the thing. It's you have to accept the peace that God offered. He brought it down. You've got to receive it, right? So it says, even though you were once distant from him, man, Paul is just kind of reiterating, I never want to forget where I came from. Right? Never forget where you were and what you now possess because of what Jesus had, gave you, right? Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. Now notice those next two words. What does it say? Can you read that? There's a lot of words on that one. He reconnected you. You didn't reconnect yourself. You didn't connect yourself back to God. He reconnected you. And isn't that amazing that our God did that? He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body and the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. Aren't you thankful? Right now, where do you dwell? You dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. Okay, let's just say that together. There is nothing between me and Father God. There is, say it again, there is nothing between me and my Father God. There's nothing there. Right? Heaven is not closed off to you. He lives now on the inside of you. He's right there. He's here. Well, I don't know about how bad I've been. It, it, God, that will never separate you from God. God is always there. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He comes in. Remember, He is a covenant-making God. So the moment you cut covenant with Him, that means He's all in. Same way with my marriage. I mean, the family that now I have, nobody, nobody in my family is ever going to lose standing with me because I'm in covenant, first of all, with my wife, but I also got kids. No matter how, what my kids do, the decisions that they make, they will always be my children, and the Father looks at you the exact same way. you got to have that mindset of them, right? And it says, and now, there is nothing between you and Father God, for He sees you as holy, as flawless, and restored. Oh, this is not good. So this is, again, the peace that God gave us. Here's the peace. Here's the peace offering. And lastly, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and He now declares us what? Flawless. flawless. Say it, I'm flawless. flawless. You are flawless in His eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. I want to encourage you this morning that we got to enjoy our relationship with God. Are you enjoying it? Or do you find that it's, oh, i got to do this and I have to do that. You're not enjoying it then. Just stop everything and just enjoy the peace that now is He brought back to you. Just enjoy the relationship you have again. Right? Because when you get all tense, you, you don't enjoy things. Anybody ever been on a, you know, on a date or something like that and it wasn't enjoyable? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's... My brother says yes, and there's been a few because, I mean, there's, I remember one time he actually forgot his wallet, so he made <laughs> the, other, the other one pay. And how'd that go over well? He got dumped on the spot. <laughs> but he's like, I got a meal out of it. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> it's like, man, I have to learn from this guy. This is, that's really good. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. 
Your relationship with God is not based on what you do or what you don't do. It is established on what Jesus has done for you. I now have peace with God. Say, I have peace with God. Now, don't ever let that become just, oh, you know, I have peace with God. Don't have this entitled mindset. You didn't deserve this, right? But because he loved you so much, he gave it to you, right? So this, you can, every time you think about that, you can just go, Lord, thank you. I have peace with you. My eternity is established because of what you ordained for me. Oh, isn't that good? Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus came for us. Amen? Okay. No, because this God is the God of peace. And I want to just, I'm not, you can write these verses down. But in every, God, every epistle, the epistles are what the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament, such as Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy. You see that in Hebrews, you see it in Philemon, you see it in Jude. You see it over and over and over again. This phrase or something around this phrase, he goes and says this, uh, where am I? May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Doesn't just Paul's trying to figure out a way, how do I, you know, how do I say nice, nice things to these people at this church? No, he constantly is saying, these, every time Paul wrote these letters, remember he was inspired by God to write these letters. And every time he opened a letter and every time he closed a letter, he used a phrasing similar to this. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and give you peace. Man, isn't that wonderful? So every time that the Father thinks of you, He wants to give you grace and peace. Now, just before we kind of move on to this, now I'm going to kind of switch here. That was peace with God. Now, I want to talk about the peace of God. Because how I many know, especially in with the season that we live in and the, the world that we live in, we need to activate the peace of God in our life and start to seeing it operate. Right? And one of the ways, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, I don't have it on the screen, but it says this, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. So growing in peace is the result of growing in your relationship with Jesus. It's not so much, oh Lord, give me more peace. I, I need more peace in my life. He already gave it to you. How do I grow in it? How do I walk in it more? It's by growing in my relationship with Jesus. You can't have more peace in your life apart from a relationship with Him. When you are growing in your relationship with Jesus, you may not even be studying peace. You may just be walking with him, learning to flow with him, learning how he is, what he's like, how he talks, what he thinks. Automatically, you're going to start growing in the peace of God. So again, you have, this is not just saying, okay, Lord, just throw some peace at me, God. I need some peace. It's not about that. It's about activating what you already possess on the inside. You already got the peace of God on the inside of you. Now it's about you and I living it out, activating it. And again, before we go into some of these little details, remember, you do not do it apart from a relationship with him. Because yeah. Jesus is peace. That's who he is. He is the prince of peace. That's who he is. So walking with him, growing with him, automatically peace will come to you. It'll just start flowing out of you. Right? Okay. So the peace of God, John 14, 27, this is where we get this, that peace is already on the inside of you. Jesus said these words before he went to the cross, and he said this to his disciples. And if he said it to his disciples, he's saying it to you. Amen? Huh. All right. So take that. He said this, I am leaving you with a gift. See, I, again, just before we read on in this, see, this is what our God is like. He's about to go to the cross. And rather than thinking about what's going to happen to him, I, again, I'm leaving you with a gift. This is who he is. He is a constant giver. You will never outgive God no matter how hard you try. He will always give back. <laughs> 
So Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, and here's this gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Do not be afraid. So let's just look at this here again for a sec. His peace is not of this world. Right? It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from external circumstances. It comes from already on the inside of you. The peace that I'm giving is something that the world cannot give you. So obviously there is a natural peace that people try to attain. Right? We're going to talk about that here in a sec. Let me just jump there now. Natural peace, it depends on a few things. I'm going to lay it out for you. Natural or worldly peace, it depends on your feelings. Totally dependent on your feelings. If you're feeling peace, oh, I must be peaceful. Right? Is there anything wrong with natural peace? No. Parents. Sometimes what do you got to do if there's just the house is wild, the house is crazy, kids are yelling, kids are screaming. What do you want? Peace. Can you just leave the room? Just for five minutes. Just, just go away. Please. Right? And of course you would be that calm in doing it. But I need peace and I need it now! And it's just, you got this whole, it's, it's crazy. Right? But there's anything wrong with natural peace? No. Sometimes you need that, you're going to strive for it, so please just exit, right? Okay. I think I'm the only parent that does that. Is there anybody? Okay, this feels awkward. All right. Natural, again, natural peace, it must be seen. So it's part of the external. Natural peace doesn't allow for troubles. Troubles trouble them. Right? Natural peace. You don't, you don't allow for problems. Problems again. Oh my God. Why is there always problems? What it is, is this outside world is now dictating whether you have peace or not. So troubles trouble the person that depends on natural peace. Next, natural peace tries to control everything. You're trying to control your... And on the negative sense, you're trying to control your kids. You're trying to control your job. You're trying to control the outcome of this situation. You cannot control any of those things. You can only control... Pastor Lori, our, our wisest counselor here, says you. So I'm going with her, right? Can you control anything out here? No, and I'm learning a lot of this. I mean, Jamie and I were doing a big study on some of, of parenting techniques. How many know parenting techniques and tools are good to have? <laughs> Lord knows I need them because you, you get this baby and all of a sudden you go, oh, how do I do this, right? And so we're, we're doing a whole study. And one of the things that I'm actually learning from myself is my job is not to control my children. <sighs> okay, that's not my job. So if they're freaking out, my job is not to control them. My job is to give them choices, just like what your heavenly father does. When you're out of control, does God come down and start shaking you and go, what is wrong with you? Control yourself. No, he's not like that. But you need to see this. This is how our God is. Again, you have choice. And the same way that, you know, accessing natural worldly peace, they're trying to control everything. They're trying to control situations, trying to control people. That is manipulation, and that will not work. Amen? Anybody else agree with me on that, or is it just me? Okay, my wife agrees with me. She has to. So, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, you get to. That's what I'm talking about. But on the flip side, I mean, again, natural peace ultimately will fail. Ultimately, it fails. On the flip side, God's peace, it depends on trust. It depends entirely on what you've heard God say, and you are believing what He has said to you. Regardless of what it looks like out here, this is what God has spoken to me. I'm going to hold on to this word. I believe with all my heart that this is what is true. This is right, so I'm going to hang on to this. 
What's going to happen? You're, this is not, none of out here is going to move you. Because you got this word, you got this peace on the inside. Secondly, God's peace. No need, there's no need to be seen externally. You're not depending on anything out here to control your peace. It can be all hell out here, but on the inside, I am peaceful. I have the peace of God flowing in me. I don't care what goes on out here. This is what God said to me. This is what's going to happen. Right? This is a good place to be. Ah, confident. Thirdly, God's peace, it actually allows for troubles. Troubles come. Okay. Hey, it's not going to change me. This is what God said. So regardless, this is what Jesus even said. He said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. So yes, are there going to be trials and tribulations out here? Absolutely. But the peace of God will unmove you from what you see or experience externally. Isn't that amazing? Oh, this is good stuff. This is what the world is looking for. They want peace, but they're kind of trying to control it out here. It ain't here. Your peace is not anywhere here. Everybody just do this. Hit your neighbor if you have to. <laughs> your peace. I'm so glad that the first two rows are the only ones that are doing this. All right. It's because you look ridiculous. Okay. There, your peace is not here. Your peace is not dependent on your spouse. Your peace is not dependent on your kids. Your peace is dependent on what you have on the inside of you. It's what you've heard and who you know. Next. God's peace, it relies, as I said, relies on what Jesus said. And lastly, God's peace always endures. It'll always endure. You will always survive. You will always go to the next level. You will thrive on this peace. So, since the peace of God is not of this world, where do I access it? And how do I, where does it come from? And we already know, Jesus gave you this peace. So where is the peace of God right now? Where is the peace of God? Come on, someone, we got to get this, because listen, this week you're going to have to have some tests on this. Where is the peace of God? It's on the inside of me right now. Is it here? Is it here? God, if you could just control this situation, if you could just control this person over here, then I would just have finally peace in my home. It's not dependent out here at all. Let them be, let them do what they do. You let the peace of God rule you. Right? And then from there, you can start changing situations. Okay? But I need to first of all be peaceful with me. On the inside, okay? So again, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Accessing the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. In the Amplified Bible, it says this. Now, I'm going to just read these two verses to you, and then we're going to kind of go back and touch on it. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. anything. What does anything mean? Anything. So what is anything in your life? Yeah, anything. Specifics here, people. What is... Huh? Finances. What else? What is it anything in your life? Health. Children. Shout it out. Christmas. Shout it out now. Direction. Jobs. Say it again. Family. All these things are part of the everything and anything. Right? It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. Okay, so if I'm not to be anxious or worried about anything... Now what? Because you think about it, this is what people spend a lot of their time doing. This is why they're on Facebook. This is why they're texting. This is why they're on phone calls with other people so they can talk about what they're worried about. So if I'm not supposed to be worrying about anything, who am I supposed to talk to and what am I supposed to talk about? Right? Think about it. What am I going to post today that I'm going to get some likes on or some people to throw some, oh, praying for you hugs. 
<laughs> sending you warm wishes. Man, what is that? How do I, are you going to send me a warm wish? <sighs> this is my time just to, you know, vent a little bit. But you know that it is, and it's, I mean, is there times that you need people to, uh, sure, of course there's times that you can, of course you can vent some of that stuff out. But a lot of times what people are looking for is they're just looking for somebody to go, oh, yeah, it must be so difficult, let me worry with you. No, that, is that going to help you? No, it's, it's people just coping with that, that's not going to help you. So what we want to give, what, what God laid out here for us is going to help you, it's going to give you access to peace, and it's going to set you on top rather than just going through the same struggle over and over and over again. Facebook should be a great opportunity for you to say, this is what God has done in my life. Not, oh God, this is happening in my life. I need at least 10 likes. I need about 14 comments to know that people care. Okay, anyways, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I may be, you may see this on my Facebook later, but I'm fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, a lot of times I just don't go on it anymore. That's, I, that's okay. But do not be anxious or worried about anything. This isn't a suggestion. When you see the Word of God say these things, He's not saying, hey, try this. No, He's saying, do this. Say, do not. It doesn't say try. It says what? Do, do not. Everybody say, do not. do not. Now say, like, you got to be serious about this. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Okay. Now what? But in everything, now notice what it says. Every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Okay, so let's just back this whole thing up. Everybody, we want, you don't have to go to verse 8, just verse 6 and 7, but verse 7 is what everybody wants, right? When you got a crazy situation, and I think it's amazing, even though you have every circumstances and all these crazy things, what God wants to give you, rather than, okay, here's just a quick answer, He comes to give you His peace so that you can stand the test of time, right? He came to give you that, because if you can become faith and patient, you'll inherit all the promises, no big deal. Faith and patience are the power twins. If you can continue to be the same belief system in and out and in season and out of season throughout and until you see what you're believing for, man, you are a powerhouse. And that James says, let that man, man, he, he'll be complete lacking nothing. So it's not God's withholding anything from you. There's timing involved. People sometimes may be involved. So you need patient endurance. You need to be patient. You need to be steadfast. And how in order can you do that? you got to have the peace of God to hold you in place. Without the peace of God, you got people doing this. I need some of this. Peace of God just keeps you steady. Keeps you being the same way consistently all the time. And that's what's needed. But if you notice this, so everybody wants verse 7. But in order to get verse 7, what needs to be done first? Verse 6. You have to do what verse 6 says first. And let's go back again. Look at verse 6. So what is my part in the equation? Because there is God's part and then there is my part. Right? Now notice this. Who goes first? Verse 6 or verse 7? Verse 6. So who goes first? You do. Okay? The peace of God has already been given to you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the peace of God is in you. So now verse 6, you first. Ready? 
So what's your part again? Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But instead now, what are we going to do? Prayer with what? This is the key. Not just praying, because notice you could just pray about your worries or your frustrations. Right? Doesn't, no, notice he says that. By prayer, okay, God, this is what's going on in my life. God knows all that already. Right? So he says prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Get your care out of your prayer and add thanksgiving. When you get your care out of your prayer and you put in thanksgiving, the result is now you've positioned yourself to receive from God. Because thanksgiving positions you and places you in such a way that you're able to receive from God. Right? You know, the, uh, the Message Bible in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Let thanksgiving become your dialect. This is a Christian's dialect. Right? What's a dialect? This is how we talk. This is, this is our lingo. Right, everybody, you know, you, sometimes you go on a certain team and you got inside joke. There's a certain way that the team talks, right? There's a certain way that worldly people talk, right? Right, and there's a certain way that church people ought to talk, and it ought not to look like what's going on out there. So how does a church people, what are we supposed to sound like? Oh, dear God, why is this happening to me? Is that what, is that what we sound like? No, he said, Thanksgiving, let that be our dialect. So when somebody squeezes you, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a little bit too much, you know, Madagascar Christmas a little bit. And so I got a penguin on my brain at the moment. <laughs> but you have, like, you've seen those little, like, anything that squeezes and sometimes, yeah, man, squeeze it for a little squeak. Squeak, squeak, squeak. But when the world or when pressures come to squeeze you, what should come out of your mouth automatically? Thank you, Lord. Squeak. Thank you, Lord. This pressure's coming. Ah, thank you, Lord. Get your care out of your prayer and add thanksgiving. Right? Let thanksgiving be your dialect. Because to be unthankful is to be unbelieving. To be unthankful is to be unbelieving. And when I believe what God said, I will be thankful. So the way the Lord asked me this, like, when are you going to start believing what I said? When are you going to start believing what He told you? If this is what He told you, do you believe that's going to take place? Well, yes, I do. How will I know then that you believe that? I'll be thankful. Rather than griping about what I see or what I don't see, I'm going to be thankful, Lord, this is what you told me. This is what you've promised me in your word, and I just want to thank you for it. Right? So, again, here's the choice that you see at verse 6. You can either choose to be anxious, or you can choose to be thankful, but you cannot do both. You have no time. If you're spending all your time being thankful, there is not even any place for worry to come out of your mouth. Yet, on the other hand, if all you're doing is worrying and being anxious about everything, is there any room for thankfulness to come out? No. So you have a choice. Say it's a choice. God is not going to make you be thankful. He's not going to sit you down and say, remember this, remember that, remember this. No, we're supposed to recall that to our mind. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, I'm going to bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Talking about here. He's talking to His soul. Right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. And He started listening off. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who renews my youth like the eagles? I soar again. What's He doing? He's talking to His soul to remember what God did for Him. Man, come back to that. So if a tough situation comes, Lord, I want to thank You that I am a child of God. Start to recall some of those things again. Rather than focusing on the problem, rather than focusing on the issue, I'm starting to lift up my voice and start giving thanks. And you know what? Thankfulness is the stream for revelation to flow. 
If you want more insight into the ways of God, you want more insight into what God is like and who He is, thankfulness is the stream for revelation to flow through. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. So when I do my part, and again, what's my part? Maybe I'll just, I'll just simplify it so that we don't have all these answers. My part is I'm going to get the care out of my prayer, and I'm going to add thanksgiving. So just see it as a big pot. I'm taking care out of this ingredient, taking the ingredient of care out, and I'm going to put thankfulness in. And I'm going to just stir it up on the inside of me. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. And then after you do that, verse 7, and then, some translations, New Living says, then the peace of God. Right? A lot of times we're going, Lord, I just need this peace. And God's just saying, I just need you to be thankful. It's not like God's saying, be thankful or else. No, thankfulness, he's trying to get something to you. But when you're still living in anxiousness, he's like, I, I can't even talk to you. It's not that God's not speaking. You can't hear it because you're so caught up in what's going on out here that you actually can't hear it. But when you start becoming thankful, now God goes, I have access to you now. I can get to you. So if really thankfulness is not just you being nice to God and saying thanks for all this. It's actually putting your spirit, putting yourself in a position to hear from what God is saying. Can you see that? Okay, so we do our part. It says, then the peace of God... That peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is what? Is yours. It belongs to you. So then, God does His part after I've done my part. Now, just another cool thing that I want to just show you. When hard times come, we can remember that Jesus gave you His peace. It's on the inside of you right now. But this is one way that I want to show it to you. Go to Exodus chapter 14, just for a quick sec. I want to just show you this. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 14 and verse 14, and I'm going to just I'm going to give you a quick relay of what happened in this story. This is now Moses. Pharaoh has finally decided for the Israelites to leave Egypt out of slavery. And now here's the Israelites. They are standing before the sea. And behind them now is Pharaoh chasing them down because I came to a sense, realized, what am I doing? Who's going to build all my stuff? I need these slaves back. So there they are. There's the sea in front of them. Pharaoh is breathing behind him. Oh, is this a tough situation? <laughs> they're going to die one way or they're going to go the other way. I mean, this is a very hard place and a rock, right? Or again, a hard place and a wet place. I can't, I don't know what to do with Pharaoh, and I can't swim. What on earth am I supposed to be doing? So at that moment, the Israelites, what did they do? Murmured, complained. Why did you bring us out here? Aren't you here just to kill us? Right? Isn't this what God wanted to do? You just wanted to come out here, and you were going to die here. So again, you can see the murmuring come into place. But Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, in the Message Bible, it says this, Moses finally turned out, lifted up his voice to all the Israelites, and he said, God will fight the battle for you, and you, what do you do? You must keep your mouth shut. Everybody say that with me. Keep your mouth shut. Doesn't that feel good? Why? Why is God saying this to him? Keep your mouth shut. Other translations say, be still. Right? Other translations, if you look at it in more of the the uh, Hebrew thing of it, he actually says, here's your peace. He says, hold your peace. So let me encourage you. Let's say that together. Hold your peace. Hold it. Okay, so what does Jesus put on the inside of you? He gave you his what? He gave you his peace. It's yours. 
you have to hold on to it. Don't just let it go. Right? I think people are so quick just to go, all of a sudden somebody cuts them off in traffic. Why? Why did you do that? And what happened? Peace is gone from their life. Right? Another situation. Thanks, Mama. All of a sudden, another situation, something goes on in the workplace, or you get frustrated with a coworker or a family member, whatever, whatever it could be. All of a sudden, you just start chirping about them, start getting mad at them. What are you doing? You've let go of your peace. And then you find out, God, why aren't you, can you help me in this situation? God, where are you in all this? You have no peace. And God, you're going to see this, I want you to go to Colossians chapter 3, turn there for a moment. But God, he leads you in peace. Meanwhile, we're asking God, I need direction. I need clarity. What do I do about this situation? Meanwhile, here you are chirping your mouth off, letting go at the mouth, saying whatever comes to mind, how angry, how frustrated, how upset you are about this individual or about what happened at the job. And meanwhile, your peace is gone and you're wondering, God, where are you? He's right here. He's not leaving you. It's not that. It's but you have turned a deaf ear to hear from him. So everybody said, hold your peace. It's yours to hold. I can't, if my wife, can you, she's got this piece. I can't come up to her and just take her piece from her. Right? I mean, I could tempt her by saying things and doing things that would frustrate her. But ultimately, it's her piece. I can't just come to her and say, Whoa. Nice, dude. That's what I like about you, girl. <laughs> can I, give me my piece back. Give me <laughs> But I'm to hold on to this. Her peace is her peace. My peace is my peace. Regardless of whatever Jamie says to me. I mean, it's always nice and pretty and lovely anyway. <laughs> she cannot take my peace from me. My kids, they could scream, wake me up at 2.30 in the morning because they can't find their sock. <laughs> Any young parents know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jesus. You know what? I saw this meme this one time. I'm just a little off track. I saw this meme, and it's like, uh, when, I, when my kids are teenagers, I'm actually going to yell at the, in the midnight hour that I can't find my plushie or my stuffed animal or something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, don't worry. I'm going to pay it forward. Uh, I'm not angry. Just sleep deprived. I'm fine. <laughs> but even though Jace can say, Papa, I can't find my sock, 2.30 in the morning, my peace is my peace. And even though I choose to ignore him, and he continues to be persistent, Papa, I can't find my sock. I choose to flip out or hold my peace. Sad to say, I have sometimes flipped out. <laughs> Don't look at me so holy. You've done the exact same thing. <laughs> Especially when it gets louder. Papa! Now it's not even like, now he's just, he's mad at me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, son. I'm not the one that took your piece. You lost it. <laughs> we haven't taught him that lesson yet. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, if you just simply ignore what he's yelling at, then he gets mad at you for not responding to him. You know, and the same thing on the potty. If he's, all done, Papa. Yeah, I'll be there in a bit. Papa, come on. Yeah, buddy, I'm eating. Like, I, I'll come to you when I'm ready. Do it yourself. Jace, you're losing your own peace. Papa's not in control of your peace, son. <laughs> now, if you want to aggravate your spouse, I would just talk like that. Yeah, oh, you're, you seem a little angry. You might, This is actually yours to hold on to. I can't take it away. How do I know? It's because I've tried this. 
<laughs> Just cut it off, all right. <laughs> Don't teach me that Bible stuff. I'm the one that taught you that. All right. Where was I? Jace was calling. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Jamie. Very good. It's true. Okay, yes. You got it. When the tough times are coming... When you're being whatever, everything comes on here, it is your job to hold on to your peace. So let me encourage you, how do you hold on to it? Don't just blab out at the mouth. Hold your peace, literally, hold it. Hold on to it. And instead of just shooting off, and this is a thing that I've even been doing, I have to work on this, and it's still a work in progress. When something gets aggravating in my home, if you know the kids are fighting or something going on, before I go in there and start to even deal with them, I'm first going to deal with myself, and I've actually, Lord, I just want to thank you that you've given me these three kids. When I start in that situation and then I go into discipline, it is a completely different spirit. I'm not going in there angry because if I spank, if I'm angry, then I'm abusing. But if I spank full of love, it's okay. <laughs> Boys, I'm, I'm, I love you. Now bend over. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at this, but that's true. Because <laughs> if I were to do that angry, now I'm in abuse. Now I'm in the wrong. But if I can control myself, I hold my peace, and I just want to say, Lord, I want to thank you so much for who you are to me, that you are a God of peace, and you've showed me mercy many times when I have screwed up numerous times. Thank you for that. And just going in with that mindset, now I can correct, now I can train, now I can teach, now I can raise up my kids in the ways of the Lord. Same thing that goes on going on in the job. All of a sudden, the Christmas bonus didn't come in. Or all of a sudden, man, some coworker said this about you. Or a family member said this about you. What can you do? Rather than just, what? what's their deal? Hold your peace. Lord, I want to thank you that I have a family that loves you. I want to thank you that I have a job. I want to thank you that I have paychecks coming in. And just coming in from that mindset, now you can address the situation. Because a lot of people, they just like confrontation for the sake of fighting. That's not okay. Oh, I like confrontation. Do you? You have a problem. Anybody that enjoys confrontation has an issue, honestly. But if you can come to the place where, okay, I enjoy, Lord, I want to thank you for this. Now I go and I can confront a situation that is a completely different spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is working in there rather than the spirit of anger. Right? Because in James chapter 1 it says, anger does not show the righteousness of God. But if I can just ah, calm myself, get myself in a place, hey, Javen, this is what you said about me. Why? Why, why did you say this? Now I'm coming at it because I want to get this sorted. Javen never said anything about me. <laughs> so again, what am I doing? I'm holding my peace. <laughs> so look at Colossians chapter 3, last verse that I want to show you. Colossians chapter 3, 15 and 16. He says, let the peace. Everybody say, let the peace. You gotta, now notice the key word in that is what? Let. You got to let the peace. The peace isn't going to just come in and start working. You have to let the peace of Christ now notice this, the inner calm of the one who walks daily with him. It's all relationship-based, right? Be the controlling factor. Say a controlling factor. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is what's going to be the controlling factor. This is how I'm going to... Let me just read on before I get ahead of myself. Be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. So a lot of times, okay, God, I need answers on this direction. What am I supposed to do about this? It says, let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor. Any questions that rise up, any concerns that rise up, let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor. 
The way that I've always done this for my own personal life, if I have a decision to make, if I have to go left or if I have to go right, what I'll do is, Lord, I'm saying, I'll present both cases to the Lord, and I'll say, okay, Lord, this is the situation that I have. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to act as if I'm going in this direction. And I'll just start praying in tongues over this situation. And I'm going to find out, okay, Lord, I want to thank you. This is the direction I'm going. This seems right to me. And I'll just start praying in other tongues, and I'm going to check on the inside. Do I have peace or do I not? Is there a inner calm like you see it inner calm on the inside of me ah yeah this okay this this sits right with me anybody ever have one of those sitting right moments ah okay what do i do i'm going to let that peace be the deciding factor in my situation circumstance comes up okay now all of a sudden i'll go pray about the right okay i'm going to spend some time praying in tongues over this lord this is the direction that i'm going i'll pray over it think about it oh i got this scratchy feeling Okay, no, because I'm going to let the peace of God be the controlling factor. Not how much more money I get paid over here. Not, oh, what's in it for me over here. I'm going to let the peace of God be the controlling factor. Can you see that? Because a lot of times, so what needs to be making and helping solidify these decisions? The peace of God. Is the peace of God leading me that way? Do it. Is it not? Stay away from it. And that's how Jamie and I even found each other. We got married. What do we do? We checking on the inside. Is there peace with this? I don't just marry because she's hot. Man, she's good looking. She's great. She's got the whole package. But if I just base it on that, you could be marrying, you know, I'll just leave it at that. It's a little dangerous. And this, this is where a lot of people are making decisions is just basically, oh, girl, you look good. Let's get married. And all of a sudden you find out, yeah, it's the devil's sister. <laughs> so instead sorry I'm in a mood I'm sleep deprived I'm just saying what's coming to my mind I only say what I hear my father say but if I'm now on the other hand in the peace of God I'm going to follow that peace that's what, that's what makes our decisions can you see that? if you look at the New Testament how did all these guys make the decisions? how did they write the New Testament? what did they do? it seemed good to us to do this you're going to have to follow that seamer on the inside of you. Is the peace of God there? Yes. Because you know why you follow peace? Because sometimes the peace of God will lead you to chaos. Think about that. That's what we talked about earlier. Is that the peace of God, I mean, think about the peace of God. It allows for conflict. It allows for problems. Why? It's not scared of problems. It welcomes them. Bring it on. Let's do this thing. So you have to follow that peace. Even though on the outside you may go, that does not look good at all. That is going to be detrimental. That, that could take away from me. But on the other hand, i got to follow that peace because when I follow peace, I'm walking with him. Okay? Is this okay? Yeah. All right. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers. And notice what it says. Be thankful to God always. Every time you see in the Bible thankfulness, you are going to see peace vitally connected to it. Right? Next, verse 16, it says this, And how can I really operate in the peace of God? How can I really see it flowing? Now let the word of Christ dwell in you. Again, you see that word let. You have to let the spoken word of Christ have its home. Can this word of God, can it have its home in your heart? Calling shots. Because listen, the peace of God really could operate in you to the degree that the word of God is living on the inside of you. It's got to be so strong in you. Meditate on it, think on it, speak it out, memorize it, get it inside of you always. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness 
in your hearts to God. So what is our dialect as a believer? We are thankful. So let me just reiterate before we go on. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Accessing now the peace of God, how do I tap into that? Number one, verse six is my part. My part is to be get my care out of my prayer and add thanksgiving. And what's going to happen then when I start to be in this thankful state, you'll know. All of a sudden, what happens, verse 7 will kick in, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will be yours. It's not your job to try to work up this peace. You can't confess it. I have peace, 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 I have peace. It doesn't work that way. You have to become thankful, and the peace of God will become yours. You see that? Okay, so that's how we access it. So anytime a tough situation comes, somebody rubs you the wrong way, and guess what? There's a lot of them out there. They're going to rub you the wrong way. What are you going to do? Shoot back? Again, you got an option. You can give them a piece of your mind, the little piece that you got, shoot it off at them, or, Lord, I'm going to just stop. I'm going to hold my peace because what's more important, hearing from him or letting what that person knows what I think about them? What do I want? I need to hear from him. I think I am convinced of this myself. If I can hear from God, I have it made. If that's all that it is, if I only hear from God, that's the old, all that I got, I would have it made. So let's do that. Amen. Let's just take a few moments. Let's stand up together. Because what we are here at this church, we are not just hearers of the word, but we're doers. So what I want to do uh, this morning is just take a few moments to actually just practice verse 6. Can we do that? And I'm believing God because you know what? He said in his word that he is faithful to perform his word. Right? Remember that? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. God says this, that I will make sure I'm watching over my word to perform it. Does God want to give you verse 7? Is it his will? Does he want to give you and make you access the peace of God that passes understanding? Yes, because he already gave it to you. So now how am I accessing it? Thankfulness. Right? We, we got this? Do I have to do this all over again? No, we're okay? <laughs> okay. Because Psalm 100, again... Because how we approach God, there's a protocol to how we approach Him. You don't just come into His presence and start talking about all the issues and problems that we have. And I read it this morning, Psalm 100 says, We enter His courts with praise and enter His gates with thanksgiving. That message Bible says, Let thankfulness be your password. So this morning, let's just take a few moments to lift up our hands and just start being thankful. This is who we are. This is what we do. So if you haven't done it for a little while, it's time to practice, right?